Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Great to the guys uh, for leading us so well in, in worship. Appreciate all you guys who, who give the time to practice and be here. And uh, I know I said it last week, but also a big thank you to everybody who served Ilkeston so well last week. You were really showing off, weren't you, last week? Who felt like they were showing, in a good way, who felt like they were showing off? Yeah, I, I thought it was really good to show off. We showed ourselves off so well here in this campus, the way that you served, the way that you got about it. It was just terrific. And I know there was a lot of enthusiasm from you guys here, but you want to know there was a real buzz in Ilkeston with the Ilkeston folks. They literally were blown away. It was just terrific. And so thank you for that. You came out in force and it was just absolutely uh, brilliant. It really was. Can I just add to something that Lou's just said there, which was superb. Let's, get, let's, let's really get about it. Is that okay? Go up to the resource hub, get the card, do whatever you need to do. If you can't, be committed to that team. We all, can, we all can go and buy a few pot noodles. We all can, you know, and some people who know this story, I mean, we basically started um, Food Bank in, in Ilkeston. It's got to be eight, nine years ago, when just before they were getting trendy. Um, and we, we started in Ilkeston with just a pallet. And it was a brainchild. If I can say of me, I'll say, well, we kept having people knock on the door who needed feeding. And so we said, we've got to do something. So some of you are aware of it. We just literally got a pallet and I stood up one Sunday and I said, guys, would you just, you know, these bog off offers, you know what I mean by bog off, buy one, get one free. They're all over at that time. I said, don't keep it to yourself. Bring, bring the free one. If you just bring the free one and we just buy an extra tin of beans and we just, we got this thing together and it was really raw. And honestly, we started filling this, this pallet and then we started giving it away. And then we started filling the pallet again, and then we started giving it away. And that has now grown to one of the largest food banks, certainly in the area. There's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, for those who have seen the community uh, impact that we have in, in the town of Ilkeston, it's quite incredible. But where did it start? It started with a, 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 a pot noodle. In, now I'm contextualized. It started with a pot noodle. It started with a rice pot. It started with somebody saying, I'll bring, I'll bring a dozen loaves every, every time. I'll make sure I'll go to the baker's on, uh, on, on Saturday and I'll bring them fresh for Sunday. I, is anybody hearing me? Give me a wave. Give me a wave if you're hearing what. It's really, really important that we, this is a great opportunity as a church for us to gather around. There's so many things that happen here. It's not just that we serve those who are less fortunate or something happens in us. Something happens and we just gather together and we like, there's this soldier, you know, standing together. We've, we've delivered this. And then also we're delivering it with the churches in the town, which is awesome. Yeah. So can we please get involved? Is that okay? Yeah. Are you with me? One other thing that I just want to say that I was really impacted by, one of the cultures of, of Arena Church is passion. And I just wanted to identify two particular uh, things that I just noticed in worship. We've got this girl. She, she jumps up and down like a gooden. Anybody seen her? <laughs> I mean, she's just like, she's, she's high on something. She had, too, she had too much orange juice, Nathan, or it's just, is it how you brought up this daughter of yours? You know, yeah, yeah, he's saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just passionate, just going for it. That's great. But the other side, if I can say this, and again, she'll hate me for doing, saying this, Jill's had a hip operation. I noticed you. You didn't sit down. Just, just all turn around. Just yeah. give us a wave. She, she stood up. She stood up in worship. 
She probably would like to jump around like Joanna, but she can't. But she was making a decision. That was a passionate display of worship to God. Both extremes, but I want to encourage us to have this passionate, you know, that we're not just going to stand there or sit there or just be quiet. This is who we are. We just worship. He is worthy of praise. Anybody with me? He's worthy of honor. We used to sing a song, worthy of honor. And we're not going to break out into it. Okay. Worthy of glory. And I, and I get, he's worthy of honor. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of praise is he. He really is. He's a God who deserves our very best of worship and praise and adoration. And I'm so pleased that it's in the house this morning. It really is. There's just a great sense of praise and worship to God. God wants this church to grow. Many churches that don't believe that God wants them to grow. I want to keep confessing it. God wants Arena Church to grow. Do you believe that? Yes. Tap your neighbor. I say it to you often. Tap your neighbor if you really believe it and say, God wants Arena Church to grow. So Paul has already led us in it that he wants us to grow in number, but he also wants Arena Church to grow. So now turn to the neighbor next to you and say, I am the church, and he wants me to grow. And we're in a series at the moment that's really growing me. It's really, really growing me. I was on a a conversation with my mum and dad. They're not able to be in church for the next couple of weeks just because of my dad's treatment. So I just, you know, I had to do some things. And then I was just talking talking with her. And I just just, was talking about how this series is digging so deep in my heart. (laughs) I said, mum, it's digging really deep. Where where I'd be tempted to be a little bit harsh. Remember last week's message for those here. Actually, I, I, I can't be harsh. Because the fruit of the Spirit is kindness and goodness and gentleness. So where I've wanted to step in and just say something, because I'm tired. You know when we get tired, we can get a bit grouchy. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Or is it just me? Or is it just your husband? No, oh, some of you ladies know what I'm talking about. Or is it just your wife? You know, we can all get a bit grouchy. But, you know, when, when, we, when, we, when we're living out of the fruit of the Spirit, we... we we can't do those things easily. And I want to tell you, when there's times when I've been harsh a bit uh, this week, Paul, even I have been, what's happened is the Holy Spirit straight away jumped, just, when I say jumped on me, he's talked to me, Christian, you need to go and sort that out with, with and it's usually those who are closest to us. So you need to go and say you're sorry to Caroline. Really? Do, again? Again? How many sorries do I need to? It's dig, what I'm telling you is this series digging really deep. And for those of you, if it's your first time here, don't think, oh, I've missed the series, that's it. No, no, no. Because I want to talk about something that I think is so helpful to us all. But for those who've been here for the entire series, what I'm talking about is under the banner of, who are you really? Who are you really? Now we've declared, I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say 
I am. And there's a sense in which God speaks over all of us that we're children of God. Listen to me. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You are chosen and precious in his sight. You are. Do you believe that this morning? That's who God says you are. But there's also another side of our lives that, to be honest with you, can be a little bit private. And we don't live out this Christian walk and Christian faith in private as we do in public. I don't want to go again because my throat's a little bit sore, but we know we have the church face. We have the church stance. We have the church hand waving. We have the church hallelujahs. And let me tell you, I love the wave, waving of hands. I love the hallelujahs. I love, I love everything about church, but we don't want fake, do we? We want to be real because faith, fake is exhausting. And this is what we are basing this series on. And there's two pictures that Paul paints, graphic pictures, and they're found in Galatians 5. And we're going to read them again. And already over this series, we've looked at love and joy. We've looked at kindness, goodness, and gentleness. And this week, I'm going to be talking about peace and patience. And I'll make a few comments about that once we've read these verses together. So, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 22. Are you all with me? Are you all leaned in? Have you all got your electronic devices ready? Have you got your Bibles ready? Are you all at the ready to receive this word? Yeah. Yeah. Galatians 5, verse 19. Paul says, listen church. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And then you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For your flesh desires what is contrary to God's spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. All look at me for a minute. They're all like this. They're conflicting at one another. (laughs) So So that you are not to do whatever you want. Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Listen to me, church. This is what it says. To paint this picture really clearly, what I'm talking about is the, the acts of the flesh, they are pretty obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, where you're following other things. Anything that is... Beyond God is an idol. It's not bowing down to worship to an idol. We can, we can have idols of all kinds of people and things, stuff in our lives. This is what he's saying to them. Some of you are even following the ways of witchcraft. And then some of you are hating. Discord. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Ah! Being selfish. And you've got a selfish ambition. I'm going to get ahead and... I'm going to push this one down so I can get ahead. Dissensions, factions, envy, having too much to drink, orgies, and the like. I warn you, I'm warning you, church, as I did before, that those who live like this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. I can't be, I need to underline it to the church of Galatia. This is what I'm saying to you. Paul the apostle speaking to the church. But, church, there's another way to live. And the other way to live is found in the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Paul, I'd imagine him just putting his pen down for a moment. As his pen down thought, God, that's amazing. That's great. Thank you for giving me those words to pen to this church, inspired by God. I wouldn't, I don't know, let's just go for a moment. Was he just thinking to himself, wow, two graphic pictures, God, of our of two lives, one that's fake, one that's exhausting, one that's filled with a complete lack of peace and joy and love. But then there's another life. Wow, the promise of salvation and then the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church and the promise as a result of this gift, is that we see this fruit manifest in our lives. This is why I'm really excited about this series. I hope you're still with me, because this is what we're talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. This stuff that digs really deep in all of our hearts. This thing that makes us think, how are we living? What we are doing in private is how we live in public, or are they two separate lives? You see, God is wanting to rid, what God is wanting to help us rid ourselves of the culture and characteristics that are so evident in this world. I'm not about to rubbish the world, but let's be honest now, this world is broken. This world is messed up. I'm sorry if you're here today and that offends you. I'm not wanting to be offensive, but it is messed up and broken. You're not telling me that everything's perfect in this world. It's a tragedy. I mean, we go from one tragedy to another at every level, financially, economically, you know, uh, morally, socially, environmentally. I mean, you know, we pray for our politicians, but the politicians have very few answers in this world in which we live. We keep looking for answers. The world keeps looking for answers. Environmentalists, the great people, I believe we should look after the environment, but that is not the answer in itself. The world is broken. And we have a book and we have a message and we have a person who came to mend the brokenness of our world. His name is Jesus. And the offer of his wonderful salvation. And not just salvation, but then it's possible for us to live with real fulfillment, with real peace, with real joy. I mean, I I, I can't believe the offer that we get. We can either have one picture of complete brokenness you know, it's, I've talked to people who've lived out this kind of broken existence where it's one high after another. But the high lasts, but then it goes, and then they're back to square one. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it just does not fill that void. But there's another picture when we, when we step into God and when we embrace his love and we allow him to embrace us, he fills us. With his love, he fills us with his nature and we start to become like him. This is only possible through the power and person of the Holy Spirit. It really is. So, let's just look at two, shall we, for a moment. And I honestly think I was stitched up. Anybody at times felt like I've been stitched up? 
I was completely stitched. Yeah, these boys. I was stitched up, boys, with this message, with this thing. Because as we was working through the themes, it was Phil and the, and the gang who said to me, we want you to deal with peace and patience. I mean, I'm stitched up. I am the least patient on our team. And everybody said, um, some of you will get to know me and you'll know how impatient I am at times. It's a real challenge. Some of the things I don't have a problem with. I actually do have a kind and gentle, tender heart. I do, with all the rough and gruff of, of me. I'm actually very, very tender, very loving. I am. Some of you really need a revelation. I am. I'm going to say it again. I am. Okay. I am who you say I am. Okay. But patience, Liz. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to just going to spend five minutes on patience and the rest of the time we're going to spend on peace, okay? Because I want to just talk for a moment about peace. Everybody say peace. peace. Now, you know, let me define this. This is really important. Dead practical this morning and I really trust that God will speak to you because I do feel that there's a lot of people who are living not with peace. In fact, the opposite of peace is strife. Unrest, agitation, distress, discord, discord, turmoil. That's the opposite to peace. And like I said, there's a lot of people who live like that. And even Christian people who live like that. You know, there's a statistic that's, that's been confirmed. 85% of UK adults are experiencing Stress, worry, regularly. 85%. And over a third of all adults feel stressed for a full day every week. We've just got a lot of stress around. And we're we're dreaming if we think, oh, that that is not in Arena Church. (laughs) No, we we glow in the dark, don't we, guys? We, we, We river dance on duvets. We're with the angels. It's just our lives are just wonderful and perfect. We live in this wonderful bubble. Am I speaking to anybody here? Anybody live like that? Of course we don't. Of course we don't. And neither, look at me, neither do I. Neither do I. Life's difficult. It's tough at times. It's a challenge. That's why it's only possible for me, through me knowing Jesus, this is why I come in worship often. You'll see me lost. I did it again this morning. Oh, I so needed his touch this morning. I so needed the touch of God this morning. I needed his, I, I needed his presence. I, need, I needed those words. I am who I say I am. I needed the, the relentless love of God speaking over me this morning. Anybody with me? I needed it. I needed it. Because this world is littered with stress and pressure and worry. We just talk for a minute for worry, which is the opposite to peace. Worry says, I don't trust God with my life. That's what we're basically saying when we worry. I know we all do it, but the Bible's very clear. Do not worry. It's a command. Do not worry. And yet, we do. And what we're basically saying, let me personalize it to me, not to you. I'm saying, God, I don't trust you with my life. What I'm saying is, I can sort, sort this rather than he has this. Psalm 121 verse 1 has been a psalm that's meant a lot to me this summer. It says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, 
the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will neither sleep nor slumber. Listen to me. You don't have to know what the future holds because you know who holds the future. We're often worrying about the future. We don't need to worry about the future because we know the one who holds the future is the one who we lift our eyes up and we see his deliverance. We see his victory as we look up. But that needs to be a revelation that comes to us. Again, there's another series out of this. Most of us, Prash, live out of imagination rather than revelation. If we have no revelation, we'll live out of imagination. You know, my revelation comes from this book, the Bible. That's what I'm living out of. I'm determined to live out of revelation of God's word. Who I am, who he is, what the world is about. I don't want to live out of imagination because my imagination can go wild. Anybody know what I'm talking about? My mind can go on all kinds of things. I don't want to live out of imagination. I want to live out of revelation. And in this thought of peace, I want to just bring three revelations to you. First of all, number one, we have a promise of peace. If you're in turmoil, if you're worried, if you're stressed, if you're concerned, if you're all at sea, whatever word you want to put to that, you have a promise of peace. Isaiah 54 verse 10, it'll come on the screen, says this, the mountains and hills may crumble, but my love for you will never end. This is God speaking. I will keep forever my promise of peace. Everybody say those together. I will keep forever my promise of peace. My promise of peace. God speaks peace over you. We have a promise of peace. And the Lord says further, so says the Lord who loves you. Listen to me. He loves you. And he promises you peace. Isaiah 9 declares that Jesus is the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. And what we've got to learn to do is get in this book and allow this book to live in our hearts. I said, forget Facebook. We want his book. You know, we don't want to live out of imagination of what's happening here and there. Those things will not help you. Coronation Street will not help you. Neighbours will not help you. EastEnders will not help you. Even the football that you like to watch won't help you. The only thing that will help you is this book. And in this book, we find God and we find a promise of peace. Whatever you are going through, listen to me, whatever you are going through, God knows. And he has provided a way for you to walk strongly. At times you may feel weak, but he will lift you up because you have a promise of peace. A promise of peace. (laughs) Secondly, his peace will find you as you look for God. As you look for God in the Bible, as you look for him, as you search for him, his peace will find you. Philippians 4 verse 7 says this, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Said another way, again it will be on the screen, in the contemporary English, English version it says this, Then because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace 
will control the way you think and feel. You see, once you find peace in God, number one, you know who you belong to. You know who you belong to. Listen to me. Even the heaviest amongst us here, you are held by God. You are held by Him. He holds you in the palm of His hands. You belong to Him. And this peace becomes yours as you lean into Him. You find peace. In the midst of sickness, in the midst of family challenges, in the midst of relational breakdown, in the midst of redundancy and unemployment, in the midst, in the midst, in the midst. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I've already said to you, my life isn't a bubble. I have to find peace in these things. Thirdly, people look on and they won't understand it. They'll say, what is going off with Paul? He must be faking it. No, it's real. They will not understand because it passes their understanding. They have no comprehension. They're thinking, why are you not screaming, crying, stamping your feet? Why are you not in a corner somewhere? No, this peace, when we find it, oh my goodness, when we find it. Can I be dead honest with you? I had to find it this summer. I had to find the peace of God this summer around the situation. I just had to find the peace of God. And this peace will change the way you think and you feel. I couldn't bear it when my kids were sad. They had four children. If they tripped over, I'd let Caroline deal with that. But you know when you have that real screaming, you just know. That was a bad scream, by the way, but it's my voice. You know that really bad when you know there's pain, something's happened. Caroline knew the place at that point where my kids needed to be was here. This is good for something. She's here. This is great padding. This is my daughter. This is her husband. Uh, I let Jonathan marry her. And, uh... But this, this stomach... This padding, it may not be good for running. It may not be good for sports days. It may not be good for winning the dad's race. But I tell you what, it's good for cuddling. And when these kids, you know I'm gonna, what's gonna, when these kids were in crisis, there was only one place they came. It was here, dad. And at that point, I want to tell you, now some of you didn't have dads like that, and I'm very sorry. And some of guys here, and we say this right, we want to be fathers to you. We want to love you. We want to look after you. We want to protect you. But I'm glad that my kids have had that from me. That I have been able to get hold of them. And I have been able to, when I say protect them, you can't protect them from the world. But you, you know, when there's crisis, you can get hold of them. And it just got me thinking about, this is so true of the loving arms of God. I mean, I'm not God, but I tell you this much. When I've needed crisis, there's only one place I've needed to run. And it's into the loving arms of God to feel his undergirding, to feel his love, to feel his peace, to feel the whisper of comfort. It's all going to be okay, Christian. You don't know, but it's all going to be okay. Psalm 91 says this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. And my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Listen to me, those carefully, you need to understand this. God is a resting place. 
He is a safe place. He is a strong place. And this peace will not make sense to onlookers. But you are at peace. Number three. We've got to walk in peace. So I'm going to walk this out now. I have a promise. I found peace. And now I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm not faking it. I'm going to walk in peace. And I can have that confidence because Numbers and chapter 6. And these are lovely verses that I love. And you can have all these scriptures if you want to because I'm racing through them. But Numbers 6. They're actually spoken to a people as they're just about to go into battle. You're just about to go into battle because they're going to go and take some ground. And this is what he says. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, verse 22, this is how you are to bless bless the Israelites and say to them, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. We have a promise of peace. We find his peace when we lean into him, but we now walk in his peace. We confess his peace. May the Lord bless, it's not just you, may the Lord bless me. May the Lord bless me and keep me. May the Lord make his face shine upon me and be gracious to me. May the Lord turn his face towards me and give me his peace. This this peace is not just something that's nice and it's, it's a shalom, it's a wholeness, it's completeness, it's well-being in all areas of your life. Am I speaking to anybody here today? Give me a wave if I'm speaking to you. The peace of God. May you receive the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. May God your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and may you walk in it. May you know the face of God shining upon you today. And whatever you're facing, that dark valley that you're going through, that pressure pot situation, that thing that doesn't make sense, may you know his peace. Time's gone. Thank you, Jesus. I've still got to deal with patience. Paul, oh, Jesus. I knew one of my leaders had picked me up on it. Let me just quickly just talk. This is one of the things. I'm hamming it up. Caroline, when she knew I was doing this, she says, I'm going to be so ready to listen to this podcast. What have you got to say about patience? (laughs) We've been together courting, old-fashioned word, what, for 28 years. We've been married for 26 years. I've got slightly better, but it's one area where I really need massive improvements. And uh, when I look at it, and this is why it's, it's a struggle for some of us, let me just give you two very quick things that it, that it starts with. This patience, let's define it for a moment, this ability to wait or continue to do something despite difficulties or to suffer without complaining or becoming annoyed. And all those things I struggle with. But patience is a fruit of the Spirit. So actually if I try to produce this, it ain't going to work. It only does as I just lean into God again. 
So while I've talked about peace, I need to apply now much more seriously about patience. Because I want to be a patient leader. I want to be a more patient husband. I want to be a more patient. I want to be a more patient car driver. Can I hear an amen? I want to be a more patient queue stander. Can I hear an amen? I want to be more patient when I'm waiting in that airport terminal when people are kicking off and I want to get through. Hello? Patience, first of all, very quickly starts with bowing. For those who are taking notes, it starts with bowing. Let me just give you these verses really quickly. Proverbs 19, verse 11. It says, a person's wisdom yields patience. So a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. So if a person's wisdom yields patience, where does wisdom come from? Well, in Proverbs 1, verse 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Said another way, start with God. These verses, start with God. The first step in learning or gaining wisdom is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. So the first thing, if you want to get patient, it starts with bowing. It starts with bowing down to God and a surrendered life unto God. And as we bow down to God, and as we yield ourselves to God, then this will yield wisdom, and wisdom gives birth to patience. Are you still with me? So if we want to experience patience, it starts with surrendering. It starts with surrendering to God. And I would, I would encourage every single one of us, if you are like me, struggle at times with patience, to say to God, God, every morning, God, I bow my knee before you. I yield myself again to you. May you be in every part of my day. May you be in every decision and may you be in every reaction of this day. I guarantee you, if you start to pray those things, something of wisdom and patience, because wisdom gives birth you know, to patience, something of patience will begin to be fruitful in your life. Secondly, these de- de- determine a message in themselves. Secondly, get dressed every day. Get dressed every day. Colossians 3 verse 12. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and patience. Oh. I don't mind the compassion. I don't mind the kindness. I don't mind the humility. I don't mind the gentleness. But do I have to put on patience? Yeah, you do. Get dressed every day. Determine again in the morning. As you're getting dressed, I'm going to address myself with this and I dress myself with patience. My attitude's going to be good. I do believe in something about just that confession. My attitude's going to be good today. I'm going to be full of patience towards those people who are even the most obnoxious because that's when it gets the best of me. If I have an obnoxious person, I want to really then start getting stuck in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, yeah, oh, some of you do. Okay, well, I want to get dressed with it every day. It's a choice of the will. A decision. A decision when we're with our workmates, when we're with our spouses, when we're with our pals, when we're on the roads, when we're in the queues. While you're waiting, 
God is working. While you're waiting, God is working. I've got to conclude. Where can I display? And to whom should I give patience to this week? There's a question. Where can I display? And to whom should I give patience to this week? And for some of you, yes, it is your husband. And yes, it is your wife. And some of you, yes, it is your children. And some of you, yes, it is to those people you employ. Or those people, person who's your boss. And secondly, ask God to give you wisdom and patience for the stay-at-home parent, the boss, the employee. Where do you need to find peace in the midst of your challenge and your turmoil? We have a promise of peace. And we can find patience as we bow our knees and as we get dressed. Every day. Two pictures. I know which one I want to walk in. I don't want to walk in the dark, depraved, fake, not real. I want to walk this kind of life that's truly full of peace, full of patience. And by the way, quickly, these kind of qualities are life-giving. They're life-giving. People want to be around those kinds of people. They're just just attractive. We're like madness. We'll fill this church to overflowing as we manifest this fruit from our lives. Let's all bow our heads in prayer. Father, time's gone. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Those who feel challenged by the message, just begin to reach out to the Lord in this moment. You know, if if you're trying to find peace, you've been struggling. God wants to meet with you in this moment.